Greetings, everyone. This is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. And uh, today what I want to talk about is hope. A couple weeks ago, I gave a teaching on reimagining and rethinking blessing in this crazy time that we're in. This, this morning, what I want to talk about is reimagining and rethinking hope. The title of this message is Called to Hope. Hope is seeing and being seen by Jesus. Let's pray together and invite the Lord to speak to us through his word. Father, we thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. In fact, in your word, it says that when all things pass away, there'll be three things left, faith and hope and love. Father, this is a season where I believe you are redefining and causing us to reimagine the way that we live, the way that we think, the way that we speak, what we value. And one of the things I've sensed within me is that you are desiring to speak to your people, and to your children, and to your church what it means to be a people of hope. So today we pray through your word, God, that you would shape us and teach us how to rethink and reimagine what it is to be a people of hope. And we pray this because we have hope in you. Hope for today, bright hope for tomorrow. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, what do you think of when you think of hope? What verses come to mind? What attributes of hope come to mind? One of my favorite chapters in the Bible, and I know some of you are laughing because I stand up here every week and say I'm preaching from my favorite chapter in the Bible this week, but this really is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Luke chapter 7. And I have returned to this passage in my own life many times. In fact, the very first sermon I ever gave as a pastor at Drexel Hill Church when we started the replant was from Luke chapter 7. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab some of that passage this morning. There's three stories that we're going to look at that I think teach us three different aspects of hope. And they're back to back to back in Luke chapter 7. The first point I want to look at is this, that hope is seeing Jesus for who he really is. So to have hope, like true hope activated and working in our lives, means that we see Jesus for who he truly is. Secondly, hope is being seen by Jesus. Often, Hope means not necessarily that we're seeing him rightly, but that he continues to rightly see us even in the midst of our despair and pain. So hope is not only seeing Jesus rightly, but hope is also sometimes just being seen by him, which we'll see in this chapter. And thirdly, hope is helping other people see Jesus rightly. So we're going to look at each of these aspects through three different stories in Luke chapter 7. The first um, comes to us at the beginning of the chapter, and it, it deals with, I think, this point of seeing Jesus for who he really is. This comes uh, from Luke chapter 7. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version, starting in verse 1. It's a famous story. You probably know it. The Word of God says, After he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. 
And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly saying, he is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation and he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, I say, come, and he comes. And to my servant, I say, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And turning to the crowd that followed him said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. My guess when you've heard a sermon on this passage uh, in the past, you've probably heard it as a teaching on faith. And it definitely is. The centurion is an amazing example of what it is to have faith. Loyalty, allegiance, belief that causes action in Jesus. It's all there. But also there's this beautiful hope that he has. Because he sees Jesus for who he really is. Jesus, Son of God, anointed Messiah. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Of all the people that interacted with Jesus, maybe the centurion is the one who understood this the best, at least from a role standpoint, how the authority would flow. He saw Jesus rightly, and so he had hope. And it wasn't about physical sight. In fact, From the story, it seems like he never laid eyes on Jesus. He sent messengers to him. And then when Jesus was on the way, he sent more messengers and said, stop there. All you have to do is say the word and it will be done because I know how authority works in my own life and I can see it spiritually working in your life. So hope is seeing Jesus rightly, which leads immediately into the very next story in Luke chapter 7, picking up in verse 11. And I think this story is about being seen by Jesus and the hope that that builds in us. Verse 11 says this, soon afterwards, again, this is immediately next in the text. Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. And he drew near to the gate of the town. Behold, a man who had died was being carried out the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came up and touched the buyer, and the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up, And began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all. And they glorified God. Saying a great prophet has arisen among us. And God has visited his people. And this report about him spread throughout the whole of Judea. And all the surrounding country. Now this story 
Hope isn't that the mother or the son who was dead saw Jesus. In fact, for all we know, they didn't even know Jesus existed. Here's this widow. She's already lost her husband. She only has one child, and now he has died. Everything in her world has come crumbling and crashing down. There is nothing but grief. There is nothing but pain and sorrow. She doesn't know who Jesus is from anyone else in the crowd. And yet, Jesus knows her and sees her. Hope was built and brought into her life, not because she saw Jesus rightly, but in the midst of her despair and her lostness, he saw her and her son rightly. So hope is, yes, seeing Jesus for who he is, But hope is actually initiated in our lives by God seeing us. To be seen by God is to live in hope. And as we are seen by God, it allows us to then see him rightly. The centurion had heard reports about Jesus. And these reports had caused him to have hope and faith in who he was. This woman didn't see Jesus at all until after the miracle had taken place. And now, as you can imagine, all of her hope is placed in Jesus. All right, the very next story, another amazing story I think about hope, starting in verse 18 of Luke chapter seven. And I think this next story teaches us that helping others see Jesus rightly builds hope in our lives. So starting in verse 18, it says this, the disciples of John reported all these things to him. Now John, this is John the baptizer, Jesus' cousin, and currently he's in prison, and soon he'll be beheaded. So John's disciples are reporting to him the things that are happening. And maybe one of the things that they're reporting about, or a couple of the things, is the healing of the centurion's servant and the raising of the woman's son from the dead. So these disciples of John reported these things to him. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord saying, Are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? So here's John, quarantined, self-isolated, stuck in prison. More isolated than you or I are experiencing right now. No phones. You know, no internet connection, no television. His day is probably spent uh, in incredible boredom and isolation. And he gets to communicate a little bit with his disciples, and he sends two of them to ask Jesus, are you actually the Messiah? He's at a point where he's experiencing some doubt and some struggle. Verse 20, and when the men had come to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, are you the one who is to come? Or should we look for another? In that hour, Jesus healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits. And on many who were blind, he bestowed sight. And he answered them, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. 
Blessed is the one who doesn't turn away from God because of me. I think what's happening here is that Jesus is once again building hope in his friend John's life. He's helping him see the work of God, the kingdom of God, helping him see the Messiah, Jesus, John's own cousin, rightly. And so hope is seeing Jesus rightly, it's being seen by God, and it's helping others to see Jesus rightly. In light of these, I'd like to invite each of you to wrestle through a few questions. In light of these truths about hope, but also because of our situation right now, think about these things. If hope is seeing Jesus for who he really is, what I want to ask you is, as you look to Jesus, how is hope being built within you? How through this situation right now, as you look at Jesus and know him, how is hope being stirred and built within you? And if hope is being seen by Jesus, as you are seen by Jesus, how does your capacity for hope grow? And finally, if hope is helping others see Jesus rightly, who is God calling you to point towards his son today to help their hope grow? So as you work through these questions, I'm going to close in prayer and bless you and pray that God would stir faith, hope, and love deeply and richly in each of your lives. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for these three amazing stories that your spirit chose to put back to back. Thank you for the centurion's faith. Thank you that he saw you rightly and the way that authority flowed. Thank you that we can see you in the same way that he did. Thank you, God, for seeing the widow and the dead son, even in our despair, even in our death, even in our isolation, even in our deepest pain, you see us and you know us. And our hope is this, that you see us and have known us and bring life to us even when we don't know to look to you. And God, thank you for the story of John, this great hero of the faith. A few verses later, you said that he was the greatest prophet to have ever lived. And yet here he is in a time of isolation and loneliness, struggling with doubt. And yet you saw him too. And you helped his disciples to see you. And you helped his disciples to carry back a message of hope with them. So God, in our lives, I pray that we would see you rightly. We thank you that you see us rightly. And we pray that we would be empowered through your word and through your spirit to help others see you rightly. And for our faith and our hope and our love to grow in you because of it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Be blessed.